With the release of the federal budget on Tuesday night, it was noticed by many financial analysts that one key area of concern was missing, wage growth. Wages growth is tipped to increase from 2.75% in 2021 to 2022 to 3.25% in 2022-2023. However, this would amount to an increase of just a half a percent which would do little to manage the major increases in the cost of living in recent months and expected in the months ahead. An increase to the standard of wage growth could set everyday Aussies on a better track for the year ahead, and that is the focus of our discussion today with Dr Angela Jackson from Impact Economics. Dr Angela Jackson, Lead Economist, Impact Economics and Policy. Can you explain to our listeners and our members, inflation is predicted to go up. What is inflation and and how will it affect (laughs) our members? Yeah, it's a really good question. So the Australian Parent Statistics puts out um, a release four times a year called the Consumer Price Index. And what that measures is the price we pay for a pretty standard basket of goods that the average Australian household sort of spends their money on or spends their pay packet on, if you like. And so what inflation tells us is how the price of that basket of good goes up. And in that basket of good are things like fuel, food, uh, household items, uh, even pet care, pretty much anything you can think of that you spend money on, uh, they include in that and they weight it to say, well, overall, you know, the average household, what we're spending at the moment is going up by... X percent. Now, at the moment, it's going up at about three and a half percent a year, which is pretty high um, by historical perspective for Australian households, and is why a lot of people are starting to feel that real cost of living pressure, if you like, and pinch that they don't feel they have as much money as they had a year ago because the price of things they buy has gone up, but their wages haven't necessarily kept pace. In the New South Wales Public Service, there is a legislated wage cap. From your understanding, how is a, a cap on wages going to affect people's buying power? Well, so what that really means is, and, and what the New South Wales government sort of done, is it set that cap historically at around 2.5%, which was at the mid-range of what the Reserve Bank was trying to aim for in terms of inflation, so between 2 and 3%. And their rationale for doing that was, well, it means real wages are keeping up with the cost of things. But what that has meant is that public servants haven't benefited from productivity improvements over that time. So they haven't had a real increase in wages over that time. What the freeze will mean now, obviously, at 2.5%, is that it's less than the cost of that things are going up. So if you know their wages are only going up by 2.5%, but the cost of things that they're buying is going up by at least 3.5%, if not, depending on what they buy, it might be higher than that, um, then they're going to suffer what we call a real wage decline. That is, they'll be able to buy less with their wage today than they could a year ago. Historically, it's been, it's been said that uh, the public sector is sort of the key to private sector wages. Is is that still the understanding? Will, will the uh, the policies of the state government affecting public sector wages have an effect on the private sector wages uh, guarantee at all? Um, so, yeah, look, certainly what we've seen is this relationship where, you know, jobs in the private sector that have sort of more competition, if you like, with public sector wages um, have tended to have lower wage increases as a result of the cap. So there's that sort of competition effect, if you like, uh, and we'd expect that to continue. So what we want to see now is you know, healthy wages growth, I guess, at this time. So we want the economy to be producing you know, relatively high, probably with a three, if not a four in front of it in terms of wages growth. 
but you know, if public sector wages are only growing at two and a half percent, that becomes a lot more difficult uh, for the Reserve Bank to achieve what its goal is, which is you know healthy wages growth. So we've certainly seen that flow through occur and that relationship where you know governments are thinking, oh, this is a really good policy; it saves us money. But actually, what it's done is limit wages growth, which limits consumption growth, which then limits economic growth, which then, of course, limits their revenue growth. So it sort of sets off, if you like, uh, you know, these flow-on effects that have really undermined economic growth and, and their own revenue base um, over the last 10 or so years. Just back on consumer confidence, as the economy sort of progresses into a post-pandemic scenario, um, we saw as lockdowns were lifted almost a desire to get out and spend as a reward for all the restrictions that were placed on us and all the fr- uh, restrictions on our freedoms and spend up big at restaurants and whatnot. But now there are supply shortages for a lot of the consumer goods that, that we seek out. What is this demand uh, for that, that's outstripping supply effect having on consumers? Yeah, so it's really, I mean, you've sort of summarised it really well. So this is a global phenomenon as well, we should say. So obviously during the pandemic with lockdowns and, you know, people not going out and spending, people saved a lot of money and they also deferred a lot of expenditure. So they didn't buy as many of the things that they would have bought. Now, with restrictions lifting, what we've seen is globally, demand particularly for goods has been really, really strong. Um, And that has in some part led to or at least fed into these supply shortages. So the supply shortages are partly about you know transport, they're partly about manufacturing, but really overall there is also just an issue that you know the quite simply people can't produce the amount of goods that people are demanding at the moment. Mm. And what that does is it's been lifting prices. So it's been lifting the prices of the you know the goods that we do want to buy. Um, it's been increasing the transport costs associated with those goods as well. Um, and we've obviously also seen the cost of oil, for example, go up significantly again because demand for it has been so strong and the supply simply hasn't been there. Right. So some economists have uh, suggested that households may be able to weather the effects of, you know, this mismatch in wages versus, you know, in the, the inflation and price uh, increases uh, with increases in their savings. But is there any, any evidence to suggest that, you know, Australians are sitting on healthy savings? So, look, certainly we've seen through the pandemic really high savings rates. Remembering, though, that that's an average figure, so it's not necessarily every household. Um, and overall, it's certainly true that there is, you know, a, a lot of Australians have saved a significant amount of money, sort of two to $300 billion during the pandemic, um, that is sitting there that could be spent. But there are a couple of ifs and buts there. Number one, who? So for low-income earners and people on benefits, they're probably not going to have the savings and they're going to be most impacted by the increasing prices. You know, they have less discretionary income um, and they, you know, generally speaking, make, have less savings. So if the price of something goes up, it simply means they have to buy less of it or less of something else. So, you know, those impacts are really strong and immediate and they probably don't have the savings buffer that potentially higher income households have. The second thing from an economic perspective is will people spend those savings? So, you know, consumers, we're funny beasts. Um, we act a lot on sentiment and if you know consumer sentiment does drop people can tend to save more um, and can tend to really hold back the dollars they spend 
and that may well exacerbate any economic downturn that also you know flows on from, for example, the Reserve Bank having to increase interest rates to try and get inflation to moderate somewhat. It's interesting and frightening times ahead, it looks like. Uh, Dr. Jackson, thank you so much for spending some time on the PSA CPSU New South Wales podcast today. Thanks for having me, Jim. Protect yourself at work. Call the PSA today on 1300 772 679 or head to psa.asn.au.